beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I am so glad you pressed play. Today, we are going to formally rediscuss something that's in the background of every episode something I reference all the time but haven't dedicated a show to in a while, and something that is woven throughout my new book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, which is available everywhere now. You can buy the hard copy, you can buy the ebook, you can buy the audiobook. If you are used to hearing me every week on this podcast, I read the audiobook to you, and so that form might be familiar. However you choose to purchase or consume, share your stuff, I'll go first. I do greatly appreciate it. If you like this show, you will love the book version, so please do show your support by ordering Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, 10 questions to take your friendships to the next level. Now, in the book, there is a list I wrote called 10 Ways to Journal, This list was taken partially from a very early episode of this show, episode nine, also titled 10 Ways to Journal. 
So you might have seen that list in the book or you might have listened to that episode a couple of years ago, but I still get messages all the time and it has increased since people started reading Share Your Stuff that people snag a little bit on the idea of journaling, that adults who do adulty things all the time cannot seem to wrap their mind around a grown woman who journals. (laughs) And they certainly cannot envision themselves as someone who would journal. It can feel juvenile or embarrassing, or maybe it is just ripe for a privacy breach at any moment. So let me just dispel that myth for you right now. Journaling is not just for 12-year-old girls. Journaling does not have to be any form of dear diary. Journaling doesn't have to be done at a certain time of day. It does not have to be done in a pretty little notebook. Journals do not even have to be kept. They can be thrown away. So we're going to talk through some myths and some tips, but first I want you to ask yourself how you really feel about journaling. If you're an avid journaler, is it something that you take on as part of your identity? Like you're really proud that you're a journaler? Does it make you feel introspective or deep or like a thoughtful, sensitive person? And if you are resistant to journaling, ask yourself why. Do you think journaling would say something about you that you don't want to be perceived as? Like a person who journals is not like who you think you are. Or maybe you have some kind of past journal trauma. This is a real thing. Maybe someone found and read your journal when you were young and it has led you to never keep such a notebook ever again. But possibly it is all way simpler than all of that. Journaling is a tool or a resource that you might find helpful, or it's something that you've just never given much thought to until now. It doesn't matter what your answer is here when you're asking yourself how you really feel about journaling. You don't even have to journal about it. (laughs) I'm simply asking this question as a place to start, as a place to notice your motivations or curiosities We will start with why you do or do not journal. And that's the first question that you can ask yourself or that you can take to a friend when you discuss this episode or parts of the Share Your Stuff book, which I hope you're doing. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's start with my thoughts on journaling for grownups. Number one, lose your idea of what journaling is. So we just talked through a bunch of that, but the truth is that we can give too much weight to journaling on both sides of the scale. Journaling itself is not magic. I mean, it can be in the same way anything can be. Taking a walk can be magic or it can just be a walk. There are always lots of factors at play for what makes something effective or feel magical. So if you accept that journaling can be a tool to help you with something, or it can be a way of record keeping or documenting a season, however you choose to try journaling, 
take away the pressure that it's going to immediately change your life. Or that every time you sit down to journal, that it is a sacred moment or that it is magical or scary or that it will always come with a light bulb moment. Journaling is not that. Again, with the taking a walk analogy, journaling is the sum of its parts. If you take a walk every single day or a few times a week or whatever, you will see some sort of a result in your health or in your mindset, whatever. But not every single walk themselves is going to be amazing. It's just a thing that you do. And sometimes it pays off by immediately making you feel better. And sometimes it pays off in a bigger picture way. But walking is always just walking. So lose your idea that journaling itself has anything to say about your identity or your intellectual capacity. Journaling is simply writing stuff down. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, number two. Do not be attached to a certain process or to a certain notebook. Now, longtime avid journalers just probably gasped out loud. We will get to you guys. We will get to the journal people in a minute. Right now, I am talking to those who are hesitant to journal or who just don't know where to start. And the truth is, what is beneficial about journaling is not a pretty notebook and does not require an hour out of your day of deep reflection. You can use your kid's school spiral notebook. You can use a notepad from a hotel you stayed at five years ago that's been stuck in your junk drawer ever since. 
If you've got a pretty blank notebook somewhere, by all means, bust it out, but you probably haven't written in that pretty notebook that you have because you thought it was too pretty to blah, blah, blah in. And so how does that help anyone? If you're in a season in your life where it is really appealing to have a ritual around your journaling, that anchoring your day in this manner feels good and right, then that is fantastic. I love a ritual. I will make a ritual out of anything. But just don't limit yourself to making everything feel perfect in order for you to journal. You can reap the benefits of journaling without the ritual, for sure. Just five minutes of scribble-scrabble can open some space in your brain. It can release an emotion that you didn't know was there. Journaling can bring clarity to a situation. And it just does not require you lighting a candle and crawling under your favorite fuzzy blanket and all of that. Which brings me to number three. Try a lot of different things. And share your stuff, I'll go first. I list 10 ways to journal, ranging from simple bullet lists to intuitive journaling to using an app on your phone. I think all levels of journalers should try this. Try all kinds of different things to see what feels right to you, to see what works and what doesn't, to see what feels natural or what feels like homework. Remember, there is something that is supposed to be fun or stress relieving about journaling. It is not an assignment that you should dread. Unless you are specifically told by a therapist or something that you have to do it, it just shouldn't be that way. Journaling can take five minutes or two hours. It just takes the time it takes. It takes the time you give it. You also won't always get it, you won't always understand it, if you only try one way of journaling. Maybe you are a list kind of person, so when you try to write out these long paragraphs like it's a story or a novel, that is tiresome. Maybe in your mind you think that pen and paper is absolutely the best only way to do journaling, but trying an app or just trying a document on your laptop, that might unlock something for you that your own handwriting gets in the way of. You won't know until you try. So try a lot of different things, even if you are a seasoned journaler. Okay, number four. It doesn't have to be pretty. And by that, I don't just mean the pretty notebook that we've already discussed. I mean, it literally does not have to be pretty. Your handwriting, your method, do not get hung up on making it coherent or legible for anyone else. I mean, yes, here, sometimes you might be journaling with an audience in mind. Like throughout the last year, I have encouraged you to write down what is happening in the pandemic and in the country And one of the reasons that I have done that is because I really think we shouldn't just trust anyone else to capture what this moment in history looks like for you or for your community or for your household. I've even provided prompts along the way to help you with this, like in episode 88, write down right now, 10 prompts for this historic moment, which was released 
months ago, but still applies if you want to take a moment to get to those prompts. So when you are journaling in that mindset, if you're journaling in a historic mindset, you probably are more aware than usual of your handwriting or your sentence structure or whatever. But as in all things, done is better than perfect. We can just let our ancestors figure it out down the line. <laughs> just get it down. In all other cases, making it pretty does not have to be a priority. And maybe you like pretty, maybe that is part of the joy of it for you, like almost like scrapbooking or having a really beautiful, colorful planner. But if that's true, just stop and think about if you're really getting the benefits of personal journaling like we're talking about. And if you're not, like maybe your pretty journaling is kind of a separate thing from a brain dump or from emotional journaling, maybe consider starting a separate notebook or a separate document with less emphasis on presentation. And then you can have both things, the thing that brings you joy and the thing that is a little bit messier and maybe brings you clarity. Because... Number five in my list of thoughts on journaling for grown-ups, tip number five is no one has to know. No one has to know you're a journaler. No one has to know that you keep a journal. <laughs> a huge hang-up that I hear from people all the time is this great fear that someone in their household will read their journal. And I have heard stories where I know this is a very credible fear. Your children or your spouse finding a journal and learning something that you do not want them to know is really terrifying to people. So I am not diminishing that fear or that threat in your home or in your relationships. What I am suggesting, just as like another thing to think through, is that the fact that you keep a journal can be knowledge that only you hold. So the temptation is less for someone to find something they don't even know exists. I'm not saying by any means that this is a solution to whatever is going on that makes this really worrisome to you, but I do not think you need to announce it. It does not have to become one of your official hobbies or something like that. But if you hate thinking about the judgment or thinking about someone else potentially reading your journal, consider not telling a soul that the dadgum thing exists in the first place. Another thing to consider, number six, a big tip that people have big feelings about, throw it away. Another misconception we have around journaling is that we think old journals have to be kept in like a hope chest wrapped in tissue paper or whatever your version of it being this very special thing. But you do not have to keep your journals Especially if you're journaling through like a difficult time or a sensitive time, throw those puppies away if they're always going to remind you of pain. You might want to go back and read them someday, but you're not married to that. If the journal in question is already an older one, like maybe you want to reread it now. Maybe you want to take some notes, take some pictures of the pages, and then you can ditch it. You don't need a journal to remind you what you went through or how you felt or what it all means now. 
I'm going to say that again because one of the things that I have learned the older I've gotten about the importance of journaling is that it really helps me in real time the most. When I was younger, I thought that the rereading of it was what was going to be valuable. Turns out older Laura doesn't need to read through younger Laura's revelations so much anymore. So I'm going to say this again. You don't need a journal to remind you what you went through or how you felt or what it all means now. So if that idea brings you joy, great. But if it doesn't, let that version of yourself on those pages go. Let her go. She got you here. Her work is done. Now, these last two points, number seven and number eight, they are for you, advanced journaler. (laughs) They are for you. Maybe you journal every day. Maybe you journal once a month. But you are no stranger to the medium, and you understand how journaling can really help you process something that's happening, or figure out what you believe about something, or be a relief or a release to write something down that you are unable to say out loud. All of these things can happen when you keep a journal, or like me, keep many journals, all at the same time, many notebooks, and you, advanced journaler, you know this. Even if you're out of the habit and you haven't journaled for years, you have seen the benefits and you know what journaling can do for your life and for your clarity and for your relationships. And that is why you are listening to this episode to see what I say about journaling. So to you, I offer these thoughts. Number seven, get attached to your ritual. I know, I'm crazy. (laughs) I just 10 minutes ago said, do not get attached to a ritual. But then I was talking to people who are curious about journaling or who have all these walls built up around it. When I'm talking to experienced journalers, I want to encourage you to get attached to your habit as a way to journal more often. I could use this advice myself. This is why I included it. Because as much as I talk about journaling, my work has been so busy lately. My schedule has been so wackadoo. I have not kept up with my notebooks as much as I would like, and I'm feeling it. Like, it has been a whole mess in 2021, and here I am in mid-February, and I definitely am feeling a lack of this grounding ritual. So for me, I have a couple of different rituals around journaling that work really well. The most consistent is my morning routine. In regular life, when I am not launching a book when we are not in a pandemic, I have a whole morning routine that involves five minutes of stillness and reading nonfiction and journaling. I have an affirmation journal that I use in the morning. It is literally only affirmations. That notebook, every single page of it, is just a new day of affirmations. I keep that separate. I don't know why. Maybe just because I don't want that to be mixed in with the pages of other types of journaling I do. And then I have a work journal. That's also kind of like a brain dump notebook. It's really a very traditional notebook, but it's also kind of like a setting of intentions 
for the day or for the week, but it's really work-focused specifically. These are journals that I use on a pretty regular basis as part of my morning routine, mostly my weekday morning routine. Less consistent, but still something I do, is an evening journal session with my personal journal. That is a little more on the Dear Diary side, just meaning that it's me documenting things that are happening in my life and how I feel about them. So what was said, what was done, any of my conflicting emotions, those all live in my main personal journal, and I prefer to write in that at night, usually when the house is quiet. I also really love writing in my personal journal when I'm on an airplane. Now, clearly, I have not been on an airplane in months and months and months. I'm mentioning it, though, because when you tie habits together, it is just really helpful. And back in pre-pandemic days, I was on an airplane once a month or more, usually. And so it was sort of part of my process to be in a reflective mindset when I traveled, which usually proved to be helpful for the overall trip or what I thought about the trip when it was over. It was just really helpful for me to journal thoughts going and coming on an airplane. I really hope to return to that habit soon. So that's number seven. Get attached to your ritual as a way to build in a habit that you want to cultivate. And number eight, let yourself off the hook. Also a message I needed to preach to myself, also why I'm talking about this today. If you haven't journaled a single word in the last year, in the last five years, give yourself all the grace. If you wish you had captured the detailed beauty of becoming a parent or going through grief or accepting a promotion, do not feel like you cannot start journaling again until you go back and play catch up from the last however many years. This hurdle is keeping you from journaling, and it is not doing you any favors. One of my biggest life mantras is start where you are. Start where you are. Maybe you'll go back and catch up, but maybe you won't. So start where you are and quit losing time if this is a thing that matters to you. Let yourself off the hook that you didn't journal then and just start journaling now. It is so much easier than you think. Release, release, release the pressure that you've put on yourself and any guilt you feel and just get back to the best part of journaling, letting the benefits speak for themselves in the here and now. You can do it. I can do it. That was a little speech to myself. We will be talking about journaling this week on social media and in the 10 Things to Tell You Connection group on Facebook. I would love to hear your thoughts. You can find links to our social media and to the connection group in the show notes, in the show description. If you post on your own page about journaling or if you share this episode, please make sure that you tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You so we can see it. Of course, I write more about journaling in my new book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, out now. And I would be so honored if you would read it. You know, keeping a journal for most of my life is the reason I was able to write that book full of so many memories and stories from my past. So journaling is something that I really believe in. It's something that takes 
all kinds of different shapes for me. But most importantly, I wanted to talk to you about why it's not just for teenage, heartbroken, angsty girls. Grown-ups can journal too. In fact, they, we, might just need to do it more than anyone. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed 10 Things to Tell You, spread the word by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or by sharing us on social media. It does make a huge difference to let other listeners find us that way. Thanks so much for listening. Now go share something or journal something. and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.